Tonight, a suspected spy balloon from China spotted over Canadian and American airspace. Assessing the aerial threat. The United States government has detected and is tracking a high-altitude surveillance balloon. As tensions deepen with Beijing. The mission to legalize magic mushrooms. Now why shouldn't they be able to, to access it legally and, and safely? Prohibited, but in plain sight in stores across Canada. Plus, stairway to hockey heaven. If you're a big guy like me, you get to about the second step, it starts to come down. A historic rink and a Canadian town stepping up its fundraising game. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone. An unsettling symbol of foreign interference has defense officials on both sides of the border on alert tonight. The massive suspected spy balloon from China has been spotted over U.S. airspace, flying over sites the Pentagon believes to collect sensitive information. A high-level source in the Department of National Defense tells CTV News the balloon also flew over Canadian airspace in the Arctic, Alberta, and Saskatchewan, but it has not been shot down. CTV's Washington Bureau Chief Joy Malvin tells us why. This thing is up in the sky. Posted on social media, there were all sorts of sightings over Billings, Montana. I have no idea what it is. It's been there stationary for about the last 35 minutes. Tonight, the Pentagon confirming it could be this, a giant Chinese spy balloon, reportedly the size of three buses, hovering over the northern U.S. The Pentagon confirming... The United States government has detected and is tracking a high-altitude surveillance balloon that is over the continental United States right now. Spotted not just in Montana, but also Canada. A warning went out to pilots to watch for an untethered balloon east of Saskatoon. The U.S. sent fighter jets and included NORAD to track and monitor the suspected spy balloon. Montana's home to one of the nation's nuclear weapon sites. Once the balloon was detected, the U.S. government acted immediately to protect against the collection of sensitive information. U.S. President Joe Biden was briefed. Defense officials say he decided to take his general's advice not to shoot it down, fearing it could harm people below. There is a ground stop on our airport. At the Billings, Montana airport, nothing could take off or land for about an hour on Wednesday, flying at a high enough altitude, says the Pentagon, that it posed no threat. All of this comes as tensions are spiking between the U.S. and China, amid fears of a possible invasion of Taiwan. The defense secretary in Manila... Sealing a deal to beef up America's military presence in the Philippines. The Chinese are not happy about that. The U.S. isn't happy either. Lawmakers are expressing alarm, but they're not surprised. Spy balloons like this have been seen before. Still, it puts a strain on the Secretary of State's upcoming visit to Beijing. Omar? Antony Blinken, the first top diplomat to visit China since 2018, and that visit starting Sunday. Joy, thanks. Vladimir Putin repeated a false historical comparison today when he said Russia's invasion of Ukraine was similar to the fight against Nazi Germany. The comments were made in a speech marking the 80th anniversary 
of the end of the Battle of Stalingrad, one of the Second World War's bloodiest. It resulted in the Soviet capture of more than 90,000 German troops. Putin said Germany's decision to send tanks to protect Ukraine was an example of history repeating itself, and he threatened to move beyond conventional weapons. Rescuers continue to dig through rubble after a Russian rocket killed at least four people in the eastern Ukrainian city of Krematorsk yesterday. A fresh barrage of missiles struck the city again today, sending terrified civilians scrambling for shelter. The family of an indigenous man in B.C. who died six years ago after he was arrested and pepper sprayed is speaking out tonight about what they say has been an agonizingly long road to justice. Here's B.C. Bureau Chief Melanie Nagy. Grainy cell phone video shows a group of RCMP officers on top of an indigenous man named Dale Culver. The 35-year-old father of three died shortly after. He didn't get to see me graduate. Lily Speed Namix is Culver's eldest daughter. It took five and a half years for us to get this far. It goes to show that there is issues in the RCMP system. Culver, who was a member of the Gitsan and Wet'suwet'en Nations, died in 2017. Yesterday, five Mounties were charged in connection with his death. The roles were reversed. It wouldn't have taken this long. Two RCMP officers have been charged with manslaughter. Three others are accused of attempting to obstruct justice. These are issues, they're, they're global in nature, really, about police accountability. On that deadly night, police claim they were called about a man casing vehicles. During their search, they confronted Culver, who allegedly tried to flee. They also say there was a struggle forcing the officers to use pepper spray. But in the northern B.C. community where Culver died, his friends questioned the RCMP's story. It had they stopped and talked to him properly, that it, this wouldn't have happened. Culver's death was investigated by a civilian-led police oversight agency headed by Ron McDonald, who first recommended charges in 2019. Overall, the delay in this matter, I would agree, has been too long. There's allegations the investigation was hampered because police made witnesses delete video evidence. But the RCMP say they fully cooperated. As for Lily, she says she's still waiting for justice for her dad. Keeping his memory alive is to share his story. I don't want people to forget about him. The officers are scheduled to appear in court next month. Out of the five, Omar, four remain on active duty. All right, Melanie Nagy in Vancouver tonight. Melanie, thank you. The Liberal government says it needs more time to figure out how to expand medically assisted dying to include people whose sole condition is mental illness. The justice minister wants to put it off for another year, creating more anguish for those who've been waiting. Here's CTV's Kevin Gallagher. The plan to make Canada's medical assisted death laws among the broadest in the world is expected to face another delay. To be honest, we, we, we could have gone forward with the original date. Uh, but we want to be sure, we want to be safe, uh, we want everybody to be on the same page. Justice Minister David Lametti says provinces and health care providers need another year before medical assistance in dying, known as MAID, can be extended to include people with mental illness. This is another year of delay, another year that these people will be forced to suffer, denied compassion and quite frankly discriminated against. This would extend the March 17th deadline the government set for itself two years ago. Many of us have been waiting for years. For Alejandro Ramos, this is another excruciating setback. 
The 31-year-old suffers from bipolar disorder, which causes him to lose touch with reality. I lost everything I had. I lost my house. I lost my pet. I lost my partner. I lost my job and the ability to work. Ramos is taking multiple medications, endures weekly electroshock therapy, and sees MAID as a dignified way to end his suffering. I want to apply because I don't see light anymore. But there are concerns about how to determine if a patient is enduring unbearable suffering. How do you assess when the suffering is so severe that MAID might be necessary? And psychiatrists are very cautious about that. Mental health advocates are also calling on the government to improve mental health care supports, Omar, and say granting MAID for mental illness should be extremely rare. All right, Kevin, thank you. The use of so-called magic mushrooms to treat depression is getting a lot of attention by medical researchers. While it remains illegal in Canada, it's not hard to find. Stores and cafes in some cities are making sales and advertising right out in the open. CTV's Heather Wright on what's allowed and what's actually happening. They're not hiding what they're selling at this Toronto dispensary. Though they are careful of who they buzz in. We're here operating a medical protest. We're here to give the public an easier access than having to go to street dealers. It's a safer alternative. It's also illegal, which is why James, who works at Shroomies, would only speak to us off camera. Mushroom dispensaries like this one are popping up across the country, with customers ranging from those with depression and PTSD to those wanting to microdose a small amount of psilocybin, the hallucinogenic compound in magic mushrooms. And while police raids happen occasionally, and often only when someone complains, stores are usually back up and running the next day. We all know the risk that that's here. It's all fighting for the cause to legalize it. Health Canada says there are no plans to legalize psilocybin, but there also appears to be little effort to stop those selling it. It's a frustrating double standard for Thomas Hartle, who has stage four terminal cancer. His legal exemption for psilocybin to treat his end-of-life anxiety expired more than a year ago, and Health Canada has not responded to his renewal application. It seems a really uh, a push in the wrong direction to be encouraging Canadians to look to do something that is illegal. For Hartle, psilocybin therapy has allowed him to live a better life. But getting the drug, he says, has been more challenging than if he were to choose doctor-assisted death, which he could get in a matter of weeks. And yet it has taken four or five hundred days to try to get access to a therapy that will improve my quality of life. A number of studies are underway looking at the effectiveness of psilocybin as a medical treatment. And while there are some promising results, some doctors are skeptical magic mushrooms will be cleared for recreational use. We don't know who it's helpful for, who it's safe uh, to use in. Uh, you don't often know what you're getting when you're, you're get, getting it from these dispensaries. And that's why some say psilocybin should be legalized so it can be regulated. As for Hartle, he's taking the federal government to court, arguing magic mushrooms should be cleared for medical use. Omar. Heather, thank you. Despite an apology by the federal government's new advisor on Islamophobia, the Bloc Québécois leader now says he wants her fired and the position scrapped. Whatever her personal qualities might be, disqualify her for the function. This is a bad choice by the Prime Minister. 
Yves-François Blanchet met with Amira El-Gawabi yesterday, where she said she was sorry for past remarks suggesting an anti-Muslim sentiment in Quebec over the controversial Bill 21. Millions of Canadians can expect bone-chilling temperatures over the next few days as a massive Arctic blast stretching 3,000 kilometers moves in. Extreme cold warnings are in place from Manitoba all the way to Atlantic Canada, with temperatures feeling like minus 45 in some areas. And millions of Americans are also experiencing a wicked winter. In the south, hundreds of thousands are still in the dark after a deadly ice storm. Here's CTV's Tom Walters. In Austin, Texas, a heavy coating of ice pulled down tree limbs and made roads dangerously slick. It's really crazy out there. This chain reaction pileup was just one of several fatal accidents blamed on the storm. One car swerved and almost hit it. In Memphis, this truck swerved and did hit the vehicle next to it. From Texas to Tennessee, drivers have been slipping and sliding. In Oklahoma, a big rig veered out of control and crossed a median before skidding back to its own side of the freeway again. I got stuck like five times already. For some, getting stuck meant going off the road. Others were unable to move on the road. And once I stopped, I couldn't get going back up. This semi got a tow from members of a Jeep owner's club, harnessing the power of a 4 by 4 by 4 Freezing rain has coated everything from railings to the protective netting around a backyard trampoline. Jeez, that is pretty crazy. The weight of the ice even interrupted conversations. And so... Trees are falling. <laughs> falling trees are largely responsible for knocking out power to half a million people. And thousands of flights were disrupted this week. The south is supposed to be warmer tomorrow, but in New England, the next two days are expected to be the coldest in decades. The important fact is going to be remaining indoors this weekend, if at all possible. Meanwhile, those going outdoors in Texas should still heed the warning that the roads are a skating rink. It's no exaggeration. Tom Walters, CTV News, Los Angeles. Time for a short break, but when we come back... I, I didn't start to know Indigenous people wrote books until grade 10. A curriculum change and a study in cultural inclusion. Plus, a life-saving rescue on the Vegas Strip. Some dramatic video out of Las Vegas shows the daring rescue of a man trapped in a burning car. Got it? Go that side, go that side. A tourist from Kentucky and a police officer scrambled to help after the BMW crashed into a median and then a palm tree. Here. Come here. Drag him. Drag him. Incredibly, they were able to pull him to safety just moments before the car burst into flames. If we weren't there, I think he would have been burned in the vehicle. The driver sustained minor injuries and is facing an impaired driving charge. The officer was treated for smoke inhalation. Canada's largest school board has made a major change to make sure its English courses are more inclusive, with a special focus on Indigenous content. CTV's John Venavelli Rao reports. Hi, I'm Tanya Talaga, born and raised in Toronto, 
an award-winning Anishinaabe journalist and author, Tanya Talaga wrote this bestseller about indigenous students who died in Thunder Bay and the kind of book this grade 12 indigenous student was previously unaware of. I didn't start to know indigenous people wrote books until grade 10 and that there are a plethora of authors out there with some really important stories to tell. So for the last two years, Isaiah Shackfat has been pushing the Toronto District School Board to make it mandatory for all students in grade 11 to focus on indigenous works in an English class. Right now, they typically read books like Shakespeare's Macbeth. Let's make some change and vote to make this a reality. Last night, the board voting overwhelmingly to change that, making compulsory a class called Understanding Contemporary First Nations, Métis and Inuit Voices, which is already taught at a few schools as an alternative. It's still an English course, but develops those skills using indigenous literature rather than traditional texts. I hope that it will give them a foundation for understanding the history of the Indigenous experience in Canada. The board says it's part of implementing the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's call to action, which British Columbia has also taken to heart. What we're doing is we're putting truth, reconciliation and justice into practice. This is what that looks like. As of September, every student in B.C. will be required to take Indigenous-focused classes in order to graduate. Something it's time for others to act. There isn't a consistent approach across the country. So it's a good time for school boards to look at their curriculums and say, where can we do better? The Toronto board says the changes will take time to roll out, adding Shakespeare will still be taught just in other grades or classes. John Venavalli Rao, CTV News, Toronto. Still ahead. The growing push to put the brakes on a popular winter pastime. Tobogganing and sledding are popular hobbies for Canadians of all ages this time of year. But with the frenzy of fun comes a serious discussion about safety. CTV's Heather Butts on how municipalities are balancing mitigating the risk and not taking away from the reward. One, two, three, go! Tobogganing is something many just can't pass up and are now passing on. This is what I did as a kid, so now having my son... This is the hill I actually came to. For son Jackson, now loving the speed. Super fun. But with Canadian winters comes the age-old question of safe sledding. In Oshawa, a city east of Toronto, councillors spent hours this week debating a proposal to ban tobogganing at all but two parks. Parents are not happy. Weighing municipal liability risks with tobogganing demand. Between 2020 and 2021, there were 170 tobogganing hospitalizations in Canada. The proposal drew much criticism from community members like Gail Syme. And now after the little children have been behind masks during the pandemic years, we're going to take away their toboggan hill? For what? In the end, Oshawa councillors decided it was a hill they didn't want to go down. It was unfortunate that we even had to have the debate. You can't absolve yourself of 100% of the liability. Oshawa is not the only city to raise the great tobogganing debate. Over the years, cities across the country have weighed in on sledding safety. Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Hamilton and Ottawa all have designated tobogganing hills that are maintained and monitored by the city. Toronto does too with signs prohibiting the sport at other parks. People were really upset and I understand why. Councillor John Burnside is trying to change the wording to a warning. The last thing we want is Toronto to become the city of no fun. My understanding anyway, it was more about protecting ourselves from litigation. So why not just tell people what the hazards are? Helping to guide sledders to make safe decisions on the slopes.
It's just a family thing, makes you feel good inside, you know. Heather Butts, CTV News, Oshawa, Ontario. And one of Canada's furry forecasters cast a different kind of shadow this Groundhog Day. Uh, je vous annonce la mort de Fred. The revelation of Quebec's Fred Labmarmot's death was made last night when organizers couldn't wake him up. Instead, a child carrying a stuffed groundhog stood in for Fred and announced six more weeks of winter. The same prediction was made by Nova Scotia's Shubenacadie Sam, while Ontario's Wyrton Willie called for an early spring. And Fred will be missed. After the break, one of the most unique rinks in Canada, the stairs that have to drop before the puck does. A small town in Saskatchewan got international attention this week when a video of the local hockey rink was posted online. The village of Lang is 70 kilometers south of Regina, has a population of about 200, and has one of the most unique rinks anywhere. CTV's Jill Makishon on its steps to success. Inside this arena, a hockey entrance like no other. As players hit the ice... Lang, Saskatchewan, dropped onto the map this week. Video that's raised eyebrows around the world. But in Lang, it's always been this way. We call it the catwalk. Uh, and basically, yeah, you, uh, you start walking on it. Once you get, well, if you're a big guy like me, you get to about the second step, it starts to come down. This two-story rink with its stair pulley system was constructed in 1928. I really am excited to go down the stairs. <laughs> Scary. Built for standing room only, Lang's old barn is believed to be among the last of its kind. And in 95 years, not much has changed. Look at the Zamboni. Our Zamboni is a green barrel uh, on two wheels with a mop behind it. Icing over lines painted by hand aided by the ice-clearing crew with shovels and brooms. The Lang Rink is run on volunteer power. I'd like to see it go for generations, and that's why I put my time in here. Time helps, but money keeps the rink running. With an assist from its online success, a fundraising campaign aiming to raise $25,000 to help with renovations and some new hockey nets. In the whole area, people are coming out to use these older rinks. For ice, it's cheaper, it's easier to access, and, and then you get the experience of these old rinks, and people seem to enjoy it. A village with a passion for hockey is scoring with new fans around the world. Jill Makishon, CTV News, Winnipeg. Love that Zamboni, and that's a snapshot of this Thursday. Heather Butts will be here with you tomorrow. For all of us at CTV National News, thank you for watching, and good night.